So far in this series, we've been discussing on how to spiritually grow and what is spiritual growth. Today, we're going to finish off on the steps towards spiritual growth and concluding and talking about how to get over oneself and be humble and to be particularly careful of the environment we surround ourselves with. Hello. Thank you for tuning in for another exciting episode of the Paradigm Switch podcast. We are the number one Christian podcast on earth with heaven's favorite podcasters. We seek to encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds and think right side up. It is our hope that through hearing our personal testimonies, struggles, and triumphs, it will help you to continue your walk with Christ. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order for us to emerge anew, we first have to think anew. Enjoy today's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Paradigm Switch. I am one of your co-hosts, Avon. I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Hello, everybody. And Alex is finally settled in his new apartment out in a whole different state. <laughs> yes, I have, I have moved. How do you like it? Um, well, it's close to work, mm-hmm. and it's, it's pretty much the, the major positive here. I mean, that was the whole point of moving was the, to be close to work, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's a nice interior, too. It's uh, it's nicer than the old place. But unfortunately, the surrounding area leaves something to be desired. What he's talking about is that he doesn't have as many food options as he did in his last apartment. So that's what he's talking Not, about. No, yeah, it's, it's kind of a sad state of affairs. Well, you know, here's a change. Maybe you need a paradigm switch. To start learning on how to cook and prepare your own meals and maybe, you know, do it yourself. Maybe I just need to be thankful that I can eat food right now. Yes. And all of the challenges economically that are going on at the moment. I think it's very good now that I've thought about this to just be very thankful uh, that God has been providing for me during this, this tough time. And I think, you know, there's a, a lot of people who have really been hurt by everything that is going on and the inflation and the lack of opportunities and all of this other uh, economic difficulty going on. But God has really uh, been providing this whole time. So I'm just very thankful, very, very grateful to him. That's good. See, focusing on the positives right there. So you've had that exciting thing happening. Um, Things for me has been really chill. My coaches asked me again um, to fight once again. That happened yesterday. I was like, come on. <laughs> Are you going to do it? I have not decided. I just said, we'll see. Of course, I'm going to train with everybody. Of course, I'm going to be there um, to help my teammates and everything get ready. But he was just like, come on, Avon. We love seeing you fight. Because like I told you before, I always have one of the most exciting fights of the night. Like with, within my team, I'm always like one of the it most. It was very exciting the last time. It was very close and he wrecked the other guy. Yeah, I'm just saying like it's always I'm just, but the funny thing is, I, you know, I just want to go away, just have a little tip for tap and just move on. Let's get back to the focus at hand. So we've been discussing lately in our last couple of episodes on spiritual growth and our, um, we were talking about how to properly do it. We were talking about how you need to get into the word um, and let the word dictate your life, be the authority and how you funnel or filter life through the word of God. And that's the first, one of the first steps in um, developing spiritually and spiritual maturity. And we said, for one, spiritual growth is learning to assimilate to like God's way, God's culture, doing things his way, uh, maturing to choose his way or his laws and being obedient. And then our other episode of part two of spiritual growth, we were talking about the importance of prayer. 
and that prayer is more than just a religious act, that it's one of building a relationship so that you are close to the Father, close to God. You know, it's not just knowing his it's not just about knowing his laws, but knowing the heart of God. And that's one of the ways of knowing the heart of God is through the communication system of prayer. And so we were discussing the importance of prayer and how that builds um, and insists us in our spiritual growth. And so today we're going to do a part three on, on spiritual growth on the how to, and we're going to conclude it um, with two other points. And, you know, I think we're going to start with the last one because I feel like that came to me this morning. So I feel as though the Holy Ghost is trying to promote that a little bit more. And we were already talking about it in the sense of environment. You got to be careful with the environment that you are growing in. And so this, it came to me when I was thinking of the parable of the sower that's in Matthew 13, one through eight. If our audience member isn't familiar um, with that parable, you can go there, Matthew um, 13, one through eight. And well, why don't we just read this? Cause it's not very long. Okay. Read this. Okay, Let's cool. do it. So I will read Matthew 13 from the new international uh, version translation of the Bible. And this says that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell amongst the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. So other seeds fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. So I think it's important that we understand why this parable has relevance to the idea of spiritual growth. And this is one of the few parables in the Bible that Jesus explains exactly what everything means. And he does this in uh, chapter 13 of Matthew and verse 18. And I'll paraphrase here. You can read the, the scripture yourself, but paraphrasing, basically what Jesus means is that the seeds are the word of God. It's the message. It's the gospel. And the farmer is... In this case, it's it's Jesus, but I think it can also mean it's a person, it's a believer who's who's spreading the gospel uh, mm -hmm. to people. So there were four things that happened here. So sometimes the seeds fell along the path and the birds came and ate them up. And so this is like the seeds that uh, don't reach people, right? That, that, that people just completely ignore this. They don't understand it. The devil snatches away the, the word in their heart, and they, they just don't care. Okay. So that's number one. Uh, the second scenario is where the seed falls on the rocky ground. So this is somebody who initially accepts the good news of the scripture, but when times get tough and, and things, the walls start closing in, they leave the faith because it never was a deep faith. It was very surface level, very shallow. And Emotional, so, I would say emotional response. I think that's a good word even, definitely. Uh, so that's a uh, second scenario. The third scenario, when the seed falls amongst the thorns, this is someone who hears and receives the word, but then as time goes on, worries of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth and, and temptations choke that word out, 
and make this person an unfruitful Christian. So I think this is interesting. This is someone, it, this is not someone who left the faith, or at least it, it doesn't seem like that based on what Jesus is saying in verse 22 of this chapter. This is somebody who is an ineffectual Christian. Mm -hmm. They have the word, they believe in God, but they've become uh, choked by, yeah, choked by the world and fear and concerns. And so they're not able to really uh, produce fruit for the Lord. So this is the devil succeeding in making a Christian um, unreliable, taking them off the board. Um, and then the fourth uh, scenario here is the seed falls on the good soil. So this is someone who believes the word, understands it, and starts living as a believer and applying the knowledge of scripture. So this is somebody who exhibits spiritual growth in their life. Yeah, and thank you for going over that and touching the scriptures and all that kind of stuff and kind of laying the foundation for it. And the key parts I really want to kind of stick out, like we're going to tie it, you know, bring it home on how this all ties into spiritual growth. Every seed, so it talks about the seed being the word of God. The seed represents the word of God. In some translations, especially in the Amplified, it says that the seed of the same kind. So this is this is saying that this seed has the same possibility in every scenario. Every seed that was sown had the same possibility to grow into a fruitful crop. I think that's something to, to notice because sometimes some people want to say, that, oh, that wasn't meant for me, or, you know, that was impossible for me. No, every seed that is sown, every everything that's in the Word of God has the ability to produce a crop in everyone's life. Like, it's not, God isn't the problem. That's what I'm trying to say. God isn't the problem. God is always the same. The same God that's able to help me is the same God that's able to help you and to bring um, food, um, fruits in your life and uh, prosperity and, like, crops and just success in your life. It's not just only for certain people. It's, um, right. what are you going to say? Right, so, the, yeah, the seed, I agree with you. The seed is constant. Exactly. And it it's always constant and and god's message is unchanged so the seed and unfortunately even i think we have to talk about the true seed because today you know there are people who call themselves christians and they sow seeds that are not really from well, the word of god well that would be more for the parable of the wheat and the tear <laughs> yes. but um the true seed of god's word of the gospel that is never changing exactly the same. and as as even said uh regardless of where this is thrown, this has the potential to grow, but it is the, and it's where it falls, where that is the issue. So it, it's the environment that is the issue. It's the, the place that people are at in life that cause them to react differently to the word of God, I would say. Exactly. And that's the, that's the, that's the discussion I want to bring up because it came to me in the sense, because when I was meditating just on this parable, um, not just this week, but last week, I was just thinking about, you know, the seed of the same kind that each seed had the potential to grow. Let's say the seed was an apple, an apple seed. So it, each seed had the potential to be an apple tree, but what caused only a few seeds to grow is based on the environment. The environment, and the definition I found for the environment is the surroundings or the conditions in which a person, animal, or plant lives and operates. So that tells me that in this scenario of this parable, in the four scenarios, it was the environments that affected the seed. And I think we need to be mindful and look at the environments that we surround ourselves in when we, are, when we are spiritually growing. 
I know um, what are some factors in the environment that we need to be on guard about when we bring well, this I, up? I think before we talk about that, I just want to emphasize the importance of one's environment, right? Because you've heard the phrase, you are the company you keep. Mm-hmm. So what is going on around you is going to influence what you're doing. And, and, you know, scripture is clear. Don't be unequally yoked when it comes to relationships. You are the company you keep. And my experience has certainly been if you're around people who are not in the word and you are they're they are going to tear you down. Yeah. If, if you if you get deeply involved with these people, they are going to tear you down. I don't care what your intentions are going into these situations. You can say to yourself, I'm going to witness to them. You can say to yourself uh, that I'm going to try and get uh, bring them to the Lord. But if if they're not listening and you, you start forming deep bonds with them and, and just are around them all the time, I think you're going to get pulled down. Yeah, that's another. Look at, look at Jesus. So Jesus Jesus went to people to save them. But you know what else he did? He had groups of people who loved God and were following him that he came back to. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it's important because that shows if we are going to reach people in the unbelieving community, we need to have a strong fellowship of believers with us to keep us anchored mm-hmm. amidst all of this temptation and darkness that we're putting ourselves potentially into to help um, facilitate the gospel to other people. And I think if we don't have that, uh, we're in trouble. No, that's I just—it's been my experience. I life. I agree with you one hundred percent. But I, you know, I wasn't just thinking about this in the sense of just for salvation. You know, for me, this parable isn't just about just salvation, about becoming saved. This salvation, this parable about the the seed being sown is about different aspects in the word of God, about healing, about um, mind renewal, about any kind of aspect in the word of God for it to for it to come to a full crop or for you to receive all that God has for you, you need to be mindful of the environment that's around you. And so you're correct in saying that we need to be mindful of the friends that are um, around us and, you know, if, you know, who are unbelievers because they can totally bring us down. And I was thinking of the scripture of that says um, evil communications corrupt good manners. I was thinking of that scripture. Um, but also we need to be mindful of the environment that we surround ourselves sometimes of people who claim to be believers. So let's just say that you are facing a situation where you are needing to believe for a job. You're needing to believe for a job or you're needing for a greater level of provision for God to come through. If you are surrounding yourself with people who are doubtful, people who are negative in an environment of people who quote unquote say they're believers, but they're not believing in that level and you're trying to go to a new level, sometimes you need to separate yourself. Now, I know I've had to do this sometimes with some friends of mine who claim to be believers, but they are still dabbling into different sins or dabbling into fleshly behaviors. But I'm trying to grow to a newer level, trying to grow in my maturity. So I've had to separate myself because I found myself thinking the same way they were thinking. I I found myself kind of lowering my standards in the environment that I was surrounding myself in affected my faith where when I was trying to grow those good things that God was trying to instill in me, that word that was trying to instill in me it was tearing it down because the environment in me was not was not fruitful and was not helping to develop the seeds that God was placing in me to grow for a greater crop. 
I don't think I don't, yeah. I don't think it's always the people we need to be mindful of just quote unquote unbelievers. I think we need to be mindful of the environment sometimes we're surrounding ourselves of believers. Like it this might sound harsh. You know, I'm I'm always a harsher one of the two, but sometimes you got to look and say, is this church I've been going to for the last 5 years really helping me grow? Am I stagnant? Is it actually bringing me down? And you need Yeah. To- yeah. Sorry. I now I agree. I agree. I mean, some churches, uh, you know, they are more surface depth. And I think that that certainly has, we've talked about this. I think that churches, some churches want to reach people who are totally lost, Mm -hmm. Uh, but then maybe they sort of neglect the deeper kinds of meat that that scripture refers to for established believers. And so then it's time for established believers to maybe move on and look for uh, another church. And I, I have a friend actually, who's going through this right now. The The current church has kind of been a little stagnant. Mm-hmm. So now uh, this individual is looking to move on. And, and I think that that is something, you know, you've got to prayerfully consider if you feel that you're not really growing at your church any longer. Exactly. And I think it's just something important to be mindful of is the environment that we surround ourselves in. And what are some good environments? So we have the example, the scenario of the good crop that landed on good soil and it was able to grow and it was able to have a harvest and have a success in the word. What are some of the factors you think that influence for that success? Good teaching, good fellowship amongst believers who are strong in their faith and who are, uh, you know, not tempting you into bad situations, Uh, a, a good uh prayer life i think because when you're in prayer often i think the holy spirit is more audible Mm -hmm. than otherwise it it is uh and those those are the three things that come to mind Uh, i think you know being in the word of course which we've discussed on this series already uh, these are all things that help produce a good crop in, in people Yeah, I agree with those things. And also to add to the environment or creating a good atmosphere for a good for a good crop to come to pass or a good harvest. You know, something that was coming to me is just the fact one factor is music. You know, I know a lot of Christians, I know a lot of Christians get a little sensitive sometimes when we talk about should Christians listen to more secular music or anything like that. But here's my take on it, Um, you know. Always be Holy Ghost led, but this is something that I've always felt for my own personal life. The real reason why I always stick to listening to praise and worship music, Christian music, is because music stays in your mind and it plays in your mind kind of like all day. I know when I would drive to work, the music that I would play in the car would be in my mind and in my heart all day long. And so here I am trying to meditate on the word and trying to stay walking in the spirit. It's hard to do that if you're if you've listened to influence that are kind of negative. You know, some of the songs that talk about murder, stealing, sex, hate or, you know, kind of selfish or self-conceited objectives or stuff like that kind of fleshly things. How is that really adding to your spiritual walk and spiritual growth? That's not adding to the seeds that God is placing in your heart to develop and to grow. So to add to the atmosphere, I believe, in helping to um, to bring a harvest of God's word into your life is surrounding yourself with good Christian worship music because it just adds in your heart and it adds in your faith. There's been so many times when I have been having a bad day, but because I listen to a song, it like changes me and gets me back on track. Or when I feel a little dip in my faith or I feel a little feel a little doubt having a song 
just already in my heart just brings that back up because I've been listening to that and that just feeds my spirit. I think music has a very heavy part in setting the atmosphere for development and setting our atmosphere in growth. I completely agree. And you know what, Avon, we should do a, a topic over the next few weeks on music because I think there is there is spiritual power within that. Yeah. I really believe that. And I think that, that that's a whole deep topic we should probably talk about at some point. It's an interesting topic we can t- discuss. But, but yes, I'm in agreement with you. Music can really uh, uh, affect one's mood and one's place of mind. And if it's all kind of sad music or angry music, it influences our emotions. And, and if it's, you know, music that has very uh, v- lyrics that are not pleasing to God, I mean, that's going to impact our psyche, right? Like you said, uh, evil communication uh, disrupts good manners, which, by the way, that's in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, in case anybody was wondering. But I agree. Yeah. I think this is that's a good point. I think we should talk about that in more detail on another episode. We'll add it to the ever growing list of things to talk about. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to share, you know, it just came to me right now. I just want to share an example in my spiritual walk. I remember when I was in school, um, there was a kid I was really close to. I was about, I think, maybe ninth grade, maybe eighth grade or ninth grade. And so there was a kid I was really close with. I mean, he was my running buddy. And like we had it was one of those weird situations. We had every class together. So it was one of those things like I could not avoid of this particular person we were really close friends and all that kind of stuff and it just hit me one day in the sense of like his behavior was really um not good it wasn't really christian like behavior i mean he had i mean he had a filthy mouth like a real filthy mouth and just some of his actions were just really out there and and during those days my parents would teach us in the morning daily devotions of the word so it feeds our spirit and i felt a conviction one day to drop that friendship because he was not adding good to my environment like he was not a good factor into my life and all that kind of stuff and I had to cut off that friendship and I remember it was hard because I couldn't avoid him like it it was in every class and so there's an example of one of which I had to cut off a person in order to make sure that like we said in the scenario of the seed being choked out like the, the devil he just wants to make you an ineffective Christian because I remember during that time period, my behavior was a little bit different. I was a little bit more sassier with the teachers. I was um, not, I was a little just like, I wasn't my usual submissive or obedient self in school. I was a little bit more um, sassier. I was a little bit more snappier, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I was taking on some of his mannerisms. I even dropped a couple cuss words a couple of times because I was hanging out with him and stuff. So it just was, I wasn't being myself. So that was a situation or an example of which I remember where I've had to cut off a person in order to maintain the good seed or make sure the seed that was sown into me to develop properly, to become a mature Christian stayed on course and everything like that. Because a seed can die if it's in the wrong environment. That's untrue. Yeah, I I think this is a controversial topic amongst Christian circles, but I increasingly have come to think that this is the case, that a seed can, in fact, die given the wrong circumstances. And that is very unfortunate. Yeah. So so one of the steps in spiritual growth is making sure that you are in a proper environment to grow and um, succeed in the word of God, because we're all looking for God to give us results. We're looking for the results of change in our life. And that's one of the ways 
is get is to make sure you are in the proper environment. And so the last thing we're going to talk about for a step towards spiritual maturity, of which Alex has labeled denying yourself, but I'd labeled. I, I, th- I actually think a better way denying yourself. Yeah, but it's it's more like denying pride or letting go of pride. humility. Yeah, having it's, humility it's in your walk. Embracing humility. Yeah, embracing humility. I, I I don't think it's denying yourself is not quite the right word. The right term is denying pride in oneself. Yeah, I had labeled it in our notes so our audience know why I'm kind of chuckling. I had labeled it in our notes, get over yourself, of which Alex was like, that is not. <laughs> sounds so harsh and in your face. And I like to couch these kinds of encouragements in more gentle language, not what? language that loses the point. That is not right. And there are people who will do this, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They will water down scripture completely so that it loses its meaning out of some, I guess, misplaced sense of, I don't want to be offensive. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the gospel is by its nature offensive to some people. Um, well, sometimes I just think you can, you can minimize the harshness, but not lose the meaning. Well, sometimes I actually lose the meaning trying to put it in a nicer manner. So it's just easier for me sometimes just to go boom, try to beat around the bush. It's just easier for me. Get over yourself versus denying your pride, (laughs) which sounds better. Get over yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds much nicer in my opinion, but hey, it's okay. Um, But this, I think it's important to kind of wrap up the steps towards spiritual maturity to end it with talking about getting over yourself. Because in the journey of spiritual growth, you need to just accept, in my opinion, now, how do I say this? See, this is where I'm trying to say it nicely, then I get tripped up. Um, So in your steps, in your journey towards spiritual maturity, you just need to accept that there are things that your thought processes or the things that you thought that were completely wrong. And you need to get over yourself in thinking that you were right or humble yourself to change. And I say this because I say say this because of being in a pastoral child position, whatever you want to call it. I have seen people come through and um, sometimes my parents are trying to help them to take them to the next level, but they're so hard headed and thinking their own way. My parents will have scripture after scripture trying to teach them and help them to develop, to develop and go to the next level. But they're so determined and sticking in their own ways or the things, the ways that they think are right, because they just feel they like they've said that I feel that this is what well, is not about what you feel. It is about what God's word has said. And sometimes I think sometimes Christians get in the way of their own spiritual growth because their pride gets in their way. And they think because they've been doing something for so long, surely it can't be it can't be wrong. You know, I've been I've been um, behaving this way for so long. It's just that now God is trying to change that mannerism. And I will I will say this for me for an example. So one thing about my personal life or something I've been working on is is more of patience and more in the aspect of not giving sometimes a snarky response back. Like sometimes if someone tells me to do something or someone snaps at me first, I can snap real quick backwards, you know, right back. And that's something that I've been working on for a little bit recently and trying to bite my tongue and to watch my mouth. Now for years, I've been I've been doing that for years. Just like if someone comes at me, I'm coming right back. And, you know, I could honestly think like, hey, I'm defending myself or I'm standing up for myself. But I had to accept the conviction that said, you know what? That's not good behavior. 
that's not spiritual maturity and that's not the way Christ would want me to walk. So I need to learn to bite my tongue sometimes and just let it go. And that's something I'm working on. I had to accept that, you know what? I was walking in an inappropriate behavior and now is the time that the Holy Ghost has hidden me and I need to get over myself, get over the self, myself of what I like to do and now do it God's way. No, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, pride, pride is a, is a big issue for many, many, many people. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting to me. And I, and I think, you know, I was exposed to and learned the follies of pride when I was a teenager. And, and I think that that, that really made an impactful lesson on pride is just not worth it folks. And we have an episode in previous season about the dangers of pride. And I would or urge anybody to, to listen to that because you know, we really talk about why pride is so uh, dangerous. But I also think, you know, scripture makes it abundantly clear that pride is it, nothing, nothing good comes of this, mm-hmm. like literally nothing. And I'm just going to give some verses here. Uh, so first Peter five, six, uh, Peter writes, humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God. So at the proper time, he might exalt you. Uh, Luke at 14, 11 states, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, uh, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And in James 4, verses 6, uh, uh, God says, uh, or rather, James says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, I mean, God just does not like pride. And, and of course, we all know the proverb that says pride comes before the fall, right? Yeah. So, uh, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. And I think you're right that sometimes people's pride gets in the way of their growth because they're like, I've been doing this for years. Like, I know this, like, why do I have to look into this and study this? I know everything there is to know about this topic. And folks, this is pride. And if there's one thing I've learned as a scientist over the years, and especially over the last two years in virology, it's that I don't know everything. Yeah. I don't know everything and I can discover new things, you know, every day. And that's the same thing that's true in, in the scripture, a true uh, scholar of the word. They're never going to claim that they know everything. Mm-hmm. They're always going to, to say, um, you know, I, I can learn more about this area. And you know what? I will admit, I have had to check myself here. There have been times in my life where I've said, oh, I already know what the Bible says about this topic. <laughs> I've done that too. Yeah. But you know what? You can always learn something, even if maybe you learn a different, see a different perspective mm-hmm. about scripture. I mean, you know, you're, you're always learning about things. Yes. You know, you can learn, you can say, yeah, I know that, you know, I'm not supposed to be prideful, but there's so much more depth to it than just that. Yeah. Right. That's like mind knowledge and you know, to learn how to make that life knowledge. Well, I was just thinking now, since we're talking about pride, it just came to my mind. The things that we're usually prideful in the sense that we don't want to change, like when it comes to the word of God, is usually the things that we like doing. Let's say you're a person that really likes lying. So the Bible tells you to stop lying. And so you become a little resistant and a little prideful of like, I'm not going to change. You know, this is what I've always done because that's what you like doing. Be humble enough to say, you know what, I need to submit and do things God way. And, you know, sometimes I think we get prideful or we delude ourselves because, like I said before, like how me, I was snarky and give smart remarks and all that kind of stuff or, you know, be impatient with people and stuff. And, you know, I could say, oh, for years, God's blessed me, you know, and I behave that way. And that was God's grace covering it. 
It's just that now God is saying like, okay, here we are to another level. It's time to change. Kind of like time's up of just letting it go. Kind of like with your children. You let things slide for a little while. And then when they reach a certain part of maturity, you say, hey, yo, Johnny, Susie, it's time to start changing. It's time to grow up a little bit more. You kind of let it go because of grace, because of immaturity and all that kind of stuff. But you reach a certain point. So I hope our audience members take the take it from here of when you are achieving spiritual growth and you hit that wall. We all hit that wall of when the word is going to slap you in an area that you don't want to change. Like we've all had that situation where you don't want to change and you like doing something like, (laughs) and uh, me and Alex talk, you know, when we talk offline, there are some sins that you like doing. Let's just be real. There are some sins that you like doing and you like indulging in and all those kind of stuff. But it's a matter of what's more important to you. Is it, is it your sin? Is it your flesh? Or are you going to, you're going to be a submissive Christian or a good citizen of the kingdom of God and submit to the laws of the land of the, you know, the ways of heaven and stuff and be humble to do what is right, which is submit to God and let the pride come down. And, you know, I was thinking in John eight, it's too, too much to read. Cause I know Alex likes to read scriptures to um, have the evidence, but John eight, when Jesus is talking to the children of Israel and he's talking to the Israelites and he's talking about that, you know, he is the lamb and that he is the bread of life and all these kind of things. He was giving them truth, but their hard headedness and their pride was getting in the way to, to receive the true life that he was offering. Their pride got in their way and they wouldn't get over themselves and it blocked them from receiving God's blood God's best. And the same thing with the Pharisees, you know, a lot of times people like to think, Jesus was really combative with the Pharisees. The way I see it is that Jesus was trying to shake them a little bit and say like, hey, you're thinking the wrong way. I'm trying to help you. But their pride got in the way because they were thinking of, I have this degree. I've been in this study. I've been with this synagogue and I'm a Pharisee and I have this robe and I have this title. But they let their pride get in the way. They were unwilling to get over themselves, except Nicodemus who came to Jesus and asked for help. I think also uh, you might ask why. Why do we have to do this? Why did God make things a certain way? Because I've heard this before. You, know, you, you get, you, you're in the Bible and you read maybe something you don't really like. You don't really agree that it should be that way, but it is. And you ask why. And I think the best way to summarize, to, to answer that question is sometimes we're never going to know why. Yeah. Sometimes we're never going to know why. And it's not up to us. Uh, to be making laws here, right? This is God's kingdom. He's the monarch. He's the one who is in control. And we just have to accept that sometimes things are the way they are, even if we don't particularly care for it. And I think, you know, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 really hits this on the nose when uh, the Lord says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And part of getting over oneself, as Aiden likes to say, (laughs) is realizing that you are not the king of the universe. You are not the king of your life. And you certainly have no control over what is going on in this world. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all kind of, you just, at the end of the day, God is sovereign, not you. And I think you have to accept this and the only way to do that is to humble yourself right and let go of pride and realize look i don't have things figured out i still can learn things i don't know at all and if god says that this is the case i i have to trust that he has a right reason for it and i think i've said this before on this show 
I have found that whenever God says, don't do something, there's a very good reason why, because it's helping your life turn out better. Yeah. It's just a matter of trust, just trusting him, trusting him. And, you know, that scripture that you said in um, Isaiah 55, that's actually a scripture I like to meditate on a lot because sometimes um, it just reminds me I don't know everything. Um, You know, his ways are higher than my ways. And that's that's what I'm saying. We have to get over ourselves because sometimes I think we think more. I think, you know, I'm going to include myself in it because I find myself doing it, too. I think sometimes we think we know more than God because, you know, we're, we're like we're here on the earth. We know what's going on. But God is God. He knows everything. And so God is the one telling us. And so we just need to accept, you know, we're not always right. And that's actually a freedom to know that we're not always right because we don't need to have that pressure of always being right. So that's a freedom in knowing that we're not always right. And I was actually thinking this week on the scripture of in Job when God and Job were having that conversation. And he basically asked him, like, where were you when I laid down the foundations of the earth? I didn't see you. (laughs) He was like, I didn't see you around helping me out. I didn't see you giving me input. So I think we really need to have a, a real humility of really knowing who we are in the grand scheme of things. I mean, God is the one who started this whole thing of life. And the things we see here on the earth, this is only a minute thing of everything else that is out there. Other planets, other dimensions, the unseen realm. There's a whole lot more that we do not know. And then to think like us man knows it all is laughable. As God says, yeah. where were you when I laid down the foundations of the earth? Where were you? That's laughable. It's dangerous. And I have seen this mindset lead people off the right path. Yeah. So we need to we need to walk in humility uh, lest you be humbled. And trust me when I say that is not a pleasant experience. If, if you have if God has to humble you. It's very traumatic. It is not going to be a fun experience. It's not going to be a fun experience. It's really awful. (laughs) Trust me. You don't want that. Do it yourself. It will be so much better that way. Exactly. And so as we conclude, I'm going to read this one last scripture as we conclude. And it's from Romans 12, 12 and 2. And it says, and we've read this before. um, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, um, what his good pleasing and perfect will is and what this says to me is in order for us to see that good pleasing and perfect will that god has for us you know that scripture that we always talk about in jeremiah that he has a good plan for us and all those things it begins with us not being conformed to this world but letting our minds be renewed by the word of god being transformed not just transformed in our thinking but so much where it changes our actions and changes everything about us from the inside out so for us to be able to walk in that newness of life we have to be changed from the inside out and reach spiritual maturity and i hope I hope the audience enjoyed us going over our steps on how to um, achieve uh, spirit maturity. These are some of the things I've know I've done in my life of how how I've had to do in my life, to, and I'm not totally spiritually mature. There are some areas I'm still working on, but as Joyce Meyer always says, I've left. Like I'm not in the same place I was two weeks ago. I've left, and I'm I'm walking towards the greater things that God has towards us. Do you have anything else to add, Alex? Before we close. It's a lifelong journey, folks, and uh, there are going to be ups and downs uh, in, in one's walk with God. The important thing is to always keep one's mind rooted on what God would like. And I, I think when we do that, we will find ourselves more in the word. We will find ourselves more in prayer. We will find ourselves more uh, attuned to our environment. And we will find ourselves 
more willing to embrace that spirit of humility in order to keep us on the right path. Uh, and, and I think, it, you know, it's not easy. It's, it's going to take work and it is a lifelong walk. And I think if you keep those things in mind, um, sometimes progress will be very slow. That will happen occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the, what we want to do is just keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. Exactly. Amen. I don't think we'll, we will get there in the end. Yes. Amen. All right. We hope our um, audience enjoyed listening to another episode of the Paradigm Switch. Stay tuned for these announcements and we'll be back next week. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Paradigm Switch podcast. We hope that you have learned something new for your everyday life. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to tell your friends about the Paradigm Switch, too. For more information on past or future episodes, please follow the Paradigm Switch podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to tune in for our episode next week as we continue renewing our minds to think right side up.